Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Tifo and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. And we start out in the literary world with a very distinguished guest who is joining us and has a new offering out there. After uh, having uh, six New York Times bestsellers, we welcome to the program Don Winslow. Uh, Donald, good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. All right, before we get into uh, this latest uh, offering of yours, uh, which, uh, you know, everybody's, uh, the buzz is it's sensational. Uh, I just have to ask you, because I was a big fan of Savages, and uh, until I saw the movie, I I thought it was loosely based on the uh, lives and activity of my ex-wife's, the second one's, uh, lawyers. (laughs) Was was there any inclination to uh, lean on uh, those people for material uh, when, when writing a book about Savages? I'm not going to confirm or deny that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us about City of Dreams. Uh, This is, uh, you know, a a publication that uh, many people have been in anxious anticipation of its uh, first printing. And uh, tell us about the book. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's it's the second book in a trilogy. The first one was called City on Fire, and it, it follows this guy, Danny Ryan, who was with the Irish mob in New England and lost a mob war, and now in this book, he's on the run, you know, from everybody, from the mafia, from the feds, from the cops. Uh, Complicating that, he has his aging father and an infant son in tow. He uh, flees the East Coast, ends up out in California, in fact, in in Hollywood, where he falls in love, of course, uh, with a beautiful movie star. Did you have a trilogy in mind when you wrote the first part of this? I mean, was it always designed to be a three-part series? It was from the get-go, you know. And by the way, I mean, I started this trilogy 28 years ago. You know, it's a project I'd pick up and put down and pick up and put down and finally pick up again. Uh, But, yeah, from the very first moment of conception, as it were, uh, it was going to be a three-book thing. Don Winslow, our guest, uh, the new book out, uh, City of Dreams, second part of the uh, trilogy uh, that has spanned uh, almost uh, three decades. Uh, you got started with a, a hit right away. I mean, uh, tell us about that uh, with uh, A Cool Breeze on the Underground. Comes out in 1991, wow. and the next thing you know, Don Winslow's on the literary map. Man, we're going back, huh? Yeah, that that was my first my first book about a, a young man whose job it is is to hunt runaways, and he does it in London, hence the underground. You know that book, man. I was traveling the world when I was writing that book, trying to make a living. I was working as a private investigator. I I was working, believe it or not, as a safari guide, photographic safaris in Africa, I was leading hiking trips in Kenya, and all during that time, I was trying to write five pages a day. Mm. Uh, because my hero, the great Joseph Wambau, had, had said on a radio interview, as a matter of fact, that that was the, the way to write your first book. And after three years of doing that, I came up with a, a book. Now, look, the first 15 publishers disagreed that it was a book. <laughs> <laughs> what possessed you to continue, uh, you know, working your way through number 16? I mean, uh, at that point, don't you grab a copy of The Classifieds? No, sheer stubbornness. You know, 
I think at some point in this sort of endeavor, you, you have to say, I'm right and the rest of the world is wrong, <laughs> as, as insane as that sounds, you know. Uh, so while people were rejecting my first book, I was writing my second, you know, with the oh, same nice. characters. So, Don, what's interesting to me, and we, we talked with John Grisham about this, I, I, you all, you'll read a book and then you'll watch a movie, and people a lot of the time will, who are really fond of the book will critique the movie because it's not exactly the same, which obviously you can only do so much with a movie. But it seemed like, at least in John's case, he worked, if not hand in hand, he was appreciative of what the movie did from an author standpoint. Yeah. You had many books turn into movies, shows, audible, podcasts. Uh, how involved are you, and what is your idea of like do you appreciate it are you contentious what what are your thoughts on when uh your books are turned into movies and how involved are you sure i appreciate it and by the way john's such a great guy you know know, terrific writer terrific human being you know um yeah i'm pretty involved you know um i i want to read the scripts Uh, i usually talk with the the producers and the directors and sometimes the actors as a matter of fact last night uh you know, but you have to realize that they're two different breeds of cats with different needs. And so as a novelist, you, you can't get too stuck on your own concept of it. And and you have to be aware that, that there are smart people out there who might have better ideas than you have. And, and that's happened to me before. But I'll tell you, to me, what the very best thing about having a movie or a TV show made is all the people it puts to work. You know, one morning you're sitting in your office alone and you have this little idea, and two or three years later, hundreds of people, literally, are paying mortgages and rents and tuitions and for cars and things because of that little idea. And that's the coolest thing, man, by far. Do you remember the first phone call from Oliver Stone? <laughs> and how would you characterize it? I do. Uh, well, you know, listen, I knew he was going to call, as a matter of fact, because I've been told. Okay. Um, Differently than one, when Robert De Niro called me, uh, oh, wow. called me at the house and said, uh, "Don Winslow, this is Bobby De Niro," and I said, "Yeah, this is Tinkerbell." I, 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 <laughs> was he doing a mob voice? Uh, did you even recognize, uh, you know, that it was De Niro, or you figured it was just uh, well, a prank? Eventually, you know, it, it was funny because we talked for about 20 minutes and then I said, Mr. De Niro, and he goes, no, 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 Bobby, you know, and I said, no, you know, I have to go because I was directing a local play at the high school as a volunteer. You hung up on De Niro, I nice. To, I did, I had to, I had to hang up on, on Robert De Niro and I said, I have to go, I'm the only one who can open the doors. He was, you know, very gracious and understanding and, you know, said, tell the kids to break a leg, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> You got to show the man more respect, Don. <laughs> oh, those books won't be coming out so frequently anymore. They'll be written in Hebrew. Um, and then Stone, what happened when he calls? Uh, listen, he called and you know he said he, he loved the book and was and was keen to direct it. And and we set up a, a dinner appointment. And uh, I drove up to L.A. I think the next week, and we had a kind of a late night dinner. And, you know, talked about the book as one does. And, yeah, it's good. I, I know you got to run, but um, City of Dreams—it's—it's uh, it's out now and, and uh, available. I would imagine the usual sources uh, where people can find uh, you know th- this high-end type of literature. I think the expression is wherever books are sold. You know? <laughs> That's us, man. Even we can find it. Uh, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I wish we had more time. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, 
Good luck with the book. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Tom. All right, thank you, Don Winslow, whom uh, I was not familiar with, Mike Louie Lewis. I have to say, when you uh, said, hey, uh, we're talking to Don Winslow, I said, uh, what, what team is he on? Is he on the Kings, <laughs> L.A., or Sacramento? Does he play hockey? Oh, more likely a basketball player. Here's Don Winslow coming into the game. Winslow, uh, he's up for sixth man of the year, but uh, doubtful uh, that he'll win it. It does sound like uh, it would be somebody that would be in the NBA, no? Maybe maybe the brother, I, I thought at first, of Justice Winslow. <laughs> the guy that you so desperately wanted for the Miami Heat at number 10 over Devin Booker, who went 13th that year to the Phoenix Suns. And look what happened. And, uh, you know, as... Uh, as we mentioned that, I mean, uh, it'd be interesting to see because uh, uh, normally uh, we, we'd be diving into trying to figure out. We tried to do this on our show this morning, uh, the Defoe show on South Florida Live, trying to figure out if there's any way that, that you could bring about a three-dog night in the NBA. One is the loneliest number. I mean, tonight? No, I don't see it. You don't see it, huh? Not tonight. I mean, tonight, uh, the, so you'd need the Nets. The war, you'd need the Nets, the you Kings. You need the Nets getting four and a half. You would need the, uh, that's over to 76ers. Kings getting five and a hook with a Draymond Greenless Golden State Warrior team on the road. Uh, and uh, the Clippers getting points at home, two and a hook yeah. from the aforementioned Phoenix Suns uh, with uh, Devin Booker and the great Kevin Durant, who, um, you know, seemed to find themselves, uh, you know, a little bit of a rhythm there in the second half of that game against the Clippers, but they'd already lost game one at home. So is that not a very generous offering by the bookmakers, uh, letting you have the Clippers plus two and a half on the home wood? What do you think? Can you find one underdog that will yes, win? I, that you, you have no belief whatsoever in the Brooklyn Nets. You think they suck. Oh, 100, yeah, no, I don't like any. That's true. Uh, yeah. I don't like any of the underdogs. And I feel super chalky, and it makes me sick. But I don't. Yes, like I mean, why don't you just get some Pepto-Bismol? <laughs> At least it has a mint flavor over that usual milk of magnesia. Now, now you were uh, absolutely spot on yesterday with the local teams as uh, we did the Defoe show in the morning. And uh, I had uh, the uh, Panthers going down to the Boston Bruins, maybe in an even more convincing fashion than they lost game one in. And then uh, I, I had the Heat taking advantage of the absence of one Giannis Antetokounmpo one of three very closely, uh, you know, contested uh, candidates for the uh, MVP award this year and could easily get it. And, and nobody could say, oh, are you kidding me? Antetokounmpo? It should have been Embiid or uh, it should have been uh, Jokic. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he easily could be the MVP. I don't think you could argue with it if you got the award. Uh, and he's out of the lineup. Heat are missing Tyler Hero, and you still say that the Heat are going to fall in their face in this game. I, th I didn't, and they did. I, I wasn't sure that they'd get throttled. I thought they'd be more representative. I just wasn't sure about a win. Like the, the Heat all year struggling in that scene. I can see the Clippers winning tonight. My thoughts this morning were more about the Clippers in that series, where that first the Clippers game, are right there, toe to toe yes. with the Suns. I mean, I they won the, the first game, and uh, they were in that second game uh, until the bitter end. I think the, the games part. will be close. I like, like, I if the series go like, there's two things. Like a series, like the Heat series will go six, but I think you'll finish that series going. Yeah, the Bucks were never going to lose that series. I think well, they were the series, much better team. That's why yes. they were the number one seed. Yes. I think this series, Suns Clippers, probably go six, and you'll feel like it was a seven game series. Like every game will be close. The Clippers will be in it. I just think four out of the six games, the Suns are just going to be too good. Again, if Paul George is in this series, I'd actually lean Clippers. The problem is Kawhi can do a lot, but at the end of a game, you have Durant and Booker and Paul. 
All you have is Kawhi. And eventually, there's only so much one human can do against three, or at least two, for the Suns. And I think... All, all three were on. I mean, uh, Paul came on late in the game yep. and started making that mid-range jumper that he's known for. Uh, Durant was hot the entire game, and Devin Booker was sensational. Both ends of the court. Like, I think the Warriors win tonight. I think the Sixers... All right, the Sixers are in a weird place where I've never trusted them because Harden sucks in the Never playoffs. mind win. I mean, we're talking point spread, my yes, friend. Yes, yes, covering. I think Let's speak like men here, like true degenerates. <laughs> I'll give you the, the Clippers would be the one underdog tonight that I can see winning. They're at home. Kawhi, they have a nice group of talent around him that will play better at home. And I could see them going up 2-1 in the series and then losing the next three. Wow. That's what I think. The other right. two, I think the, uh, what is it, home, it's... You have one home dog in the Clippers, road. and uh, you have uh, the uh, Warriors well, are home. Actually, yeah, favorite. yeah. I mean, the Warriors are at home, so so. And uh, you have two home dogs, and that's are also home dogs. Yes. four and a half points. Yes, and I and there's where I just think the Nets don't have enough. I think the Sixers. I, they they don't seem to have enough firepower to uh, stay with the Seventy Sixers. Uh, you you would think that that's true. I I don't know that they don't. You know, make a representative showing tonight. The four and a half might be a very generous allotment for a home dog, and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep trying to make a case for this, uh, so I'm going to talk myself into going bankrupt, <laughs> which I've been doing a good job of my whole life. I was you say. know, it's kind of the uh, fate of a degenerate gambler is that uh, you will eventually convince yourself. But but I, I I'm see as I get older, I, I'm thinking this: you have to take some wild, crazy ass stab with a lot of money, and be right one time. Like uh, you nearly would have had it the other night in the NHL, where if you had taken all four. Uh, all four road teams, all underdogs of substantial variety, uh, you would have won three of the four. Now, could you have isolated the game that you were going to lose and, uh, you know, come away, you know, with a three-team parlay that pays you at what, about, you know, it would have been well over six to one, the usual standard for an even-money parlay because you were getting heavy underdogs in those games. But, uh, you know... if, if it's your day, Luby, do you go ahead and take the rubber band off like five dimes, bet it at like 12 to 1, and, and come away with 60000 Sometimes. Or do you live your entire life as a chalk-playing <laughs> loser? Look, there's sometimes I go with underdogs when I think they have a really good shot, like the Panthers in game two. Like, I felt the Panthers were good enough that they're not going to let this series go by the wayside. They lose that game, the series is over. And I can see the Clippers doing that tonight. Series-wide, I don't really see a, any of the underdogs winning any of these series. Like, I, yeah. I, like even the Warriors, who I actually felt before could win the series, I think they'll get back in it at home. The fact that they can't win a, win a road game, they're the sixth seed. They're going to have to win a road game. <laughs> like I, I, And that, to me, was the best one. The Lakers were another one that, yeah, they're the seventh seed, but to me, they had to win the game Jaw didn't play. Look, the Lakers and the They Heat. looked bad last night. The Lakers, I mean, uh, went from uh, looking, uh, you know, very good in that 15-0 run that they took, uh, that they went on to uh, win game one Yeah. at the end of the game. Uh, they, they went from that to uh, just, just looking uh, completely uh, dysfunctional. If you're going to be an underdog and pull off an upset, you got to take advantage of the opportunities given to you. The Heat and the Lakers are in very similar positions. They, they played in the finals against each other. They've had some struggles over the last few years. They're an older team that's mixed young talent. They are very up and down. Injuries have gotten in their way. So when the two stars are out, you got to win those games. Once that happened where they not only lost, they were abysmal. Like, both the Lakers and the Heat weren't representative. It's hard for me to believe they find a way to win those series. All right. 
All right. You talk me out of it. All right. <laughs> hopefully we talk you it. out of doing something crazy also uh, here on the show. Our thanks to Don Winslow for joining us. Uh, quite a distinguished yeah, he author. He was fun. And uh, he, he was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, and uh, maybe we can get him for a longer conversation sometime because uh, there would be a lot of different things to pursue with that gentleman. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. Catch the Defo show, South Florida Live. Become a subscriber if you're yes. a fan of our Believe podcast. Please. I think you'll enjoy that uh, immensely. It's a couple of hours every day. It streams uh, all uh, day long on an endless loop, so you can catch it anytime. And uh, we also have uh, material on Five Reasons Sports Network, uh, another fine uh, platform, uh, including Defo. On five and uh, and portions of our regular program. So uh, check that out if you're a Believe fan as well. Uh, for Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, even if you're betting all three underdogs tonight, especially if you are in the NBA, then, then maintain your sanity by uh, just uh, keeping uh, your composure and knowing that under any circumstances, you've got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.